Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. You know, we get hung up on spirituality and how to do it right. And for a lot of us, we think spirituality and enlightenment are for the other people the ones that seem to know how to straighten out their lives or seem to meditate all the time, pray, perhaps follow certain gurus and teachers. But what about the rest of everybody else? What about the ordinary people? Where's the extraordinary enlightenment for ordinary people? Well, my guest today is Polly Campbell, and she's written exactly that book. It's called Imperfect Spirituality, and it's Extraordinary Enlightenment for Ordinary People. Pulling a raisin out of a two-year-old's nose probably wasn't on Buddha's path to enlightenment, but it was an aha moment for Polly Campbell. In Imperfect Spirituality, she shows you how to integrate those everyday moments with traditional spiritual techniques to increase your personal growth and well-being. Imperfect Spirituality is filled with some really wonderful practical tips and lots of examples that will encourage you to amp up your optimism, let go of your worry, and embrace your authentic self to offer your true gifts to the world. And isn't that what we all are looking for at this time? So here is enlightenment for the rest of us, for all of us, to have that experience of imperfect spirituality but extraordinary enlightenment. So without further ado, I'm very excited to welcome Polly Campbell to 1111 Talk Radio. Hello, thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, it's wonderful to have you, and I think this is a perfect topic because I, I know I have come across a lot of people or heard conversations where they feel isolated, and you know, I guess that's the whole point of spirituality is to take us from separation and fragmentation to unification and oneness, but there needed to be something for the ordinary people, the rest of us, to figure out how to get to that. So how did you realize that you were one of those ordinary people that needed this, because we always do teach what we need to learn first. Absolutely. You know, I was looking for this stuff, too, and and I I read the work you're doing and and the books and the seminars that are out there by other great teachers, and and I was at a place in my life where um, I had practiced many of these things for, for years, but I faced a series of life transitions that really kind of knocked me back. And what I let go of was my spiritual practice. And what I let go of uh, were becoming conscious to my beliefs and the things working in my life. And I really needed to find my way back to those in a more practical way. And so the book came out of that. I was um, 
It was about seven years ago, and uh, we had a baby, and that really changed my body. It changed how I worked because I wasn't working as much. It changed how I lived in my house because all of a sudden there was another person there that needed me around the clock. And at the same time, I was diagnosed with melanoma, which is skin cancer. And so there were a lot of transitions in my life, and often I think we think of transitions as bad things. I see them as growth opportunities. But initially, the way I reacted with all this change was I freaked out a little bit, and I became a little negative, and I became a little blaming, um, and I, I was irritated that my husband wasn't doing the things I wanted him to do, and so on and so forth, until I realized what I was missing was that connection with myself. The practices I had used always, mindfulness and, and meditation and prayer and solitude and contemplation, and those things that I'd used throughout my life had gone away when the baby was born because by the end of the day, I really just wanted a glass of wine and I wanted a break. I was tired. And when I realized that what was happening, that nothing was wrong, but I was just disconnected from that inner energy and that source, I returned back to it. And I, I did it while practicing while washing bottles and changing diapers and, and washing dishes and folding clothes. The practice is always, and it is everywhere. And when you remember that, you reconnect to that energy within, and it transforms your experience. Well, I think you've said quite a few valuable things, and I'd like to go back and pull some of those out and go a little bit deeper. And I think the first thing is life is life, and we are going to have those experiences that pop up that are supposed to get us out of our rhythms because it is that opportunity to grow and to shift and to expand beyond what we are. I mean, I think that's why we create those experiences in the first place. So I'd like to talk a little bit about how those things show up in life because I think so many people do judge that when it shows up and then they start judging themselves for not being the way they were or having their life on track or, you know, all of those different things. And I think that's a very valuable conversation in this minute just so people kind of take off that pressure. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, we like to create a storyline about whatever experience we're having, and we like to judge it, and, and we like to blame it and criticize. What if we just live it? You know, this life isn't something to be figured out. It's to be experienced. And in the time uh, that I was, you know, and every day there's a transition or a change that we encounter. If we can go into those moments and say just what you said, oh, okay, I'm an expansive being. This is the whole point of this experience, so I'm going to expand into that. And maybe it's going to feel uncomfortable because I'm, I'm not skillful yet. I haven't had cancer before, so I don't know how to be with that yet. But I can learn that, and I can expand into all that I am. It takes the pressure off. We stop trying to achieve and fix and figure, and we go with it. We reach a place of acceptance, and we ask for help when we need it instead of, instead of uh, you know, tightening up, becoming constrictive, you know. We are expansive beings. We are products of this universe, the same thing that made the galaxies and the oceans. And when we allow ourselves to expand, of course, sometimes it's uncomfortable, but it's also enlightening and creative. And I think that's so huge. I mean, I'm always telling people that you are experience, experiencing itself. And, and there comes a point where that finally clicks to people to get them to understand that they're not on a journey. They are the journey that we are here to really get into that place. But I totally get um, 
when your first chapter begins with the culture of perfection. And I wanted mm. to talk about how you use the word imperfect in, initially, because I remember I, I was that person that had to, that was a perfectionist and, and had to do it all right and had to people please in a way so I made sure it was all perfect. So I get that. Talk about the word imperfect and how important it is in this conversation. You know, Simran, I'm that person, too. I was that person. When I first began meditating, I was the one who would sit there and say, okay, I'm doing what all the rules say I should do, what the books say I should do. Am I doing it right? Is this meditating? Is this meditating? You know, I wanted to play by the rules. And until we can recognize that there are, that we don't have to be rigid in our thinking. There are no right or wrong moves. There are experiences to be had and to learn and expand into. We are not whole people. You know, we, we can live a life trying to measure up or to uh, make more money or, or marry the right partner or whatever it is and never completely be satisfied. Or we can accept where we are and expand into all that is and feel satisfied in this life, even when it's messy and imperfect. You know, the bad stuff, the difficult stuff, the challenging stuff is still going to come down. But if you start today with the belief and the meditation and the mantra that you are good enough, that you have all that you need to step into all the possibilities the universe holds for you, that's liberating. And that's really what imperfection is. Because when I was sitting around and, and as a new mother and talking to my girlfriends and, and people that were in that same stage of life, you know, I had one friend tell me straight out, yeah, I'd like to meditate, but I can't do it right, so what's the point? The point is to find a space for yourself where you can reconnect with all that you are in that essential source. And it doesn't matter how you do it. If you do that while folding clothes, it's there for you. If we get so caught up in the rigid mindset and the rules that we need to do it right, it will stop us from being our best selves. When you say, okay, I'm just going to experience how it shows up and grow from that and expand into that, then then we we learn and, and we, we actually reach a level of perfection because we become whole people. Well, and I think that that also illustrates a belief system that's no different than dogma or having a religion when we think that it has to be done a certain way. Absolutely. We are tying ourselves up with a method when, in fact, like you said, folding clothes or like you said, you know, changing diapers or being at the playground can become that space of meditation or that space where prayer is intermittently done until every experience of life from mundane to the blissful becomes the living meditation that you are. I think that's so powerful. Absolutely. And, you know, some of this is woven into our culture uh, as far as the Western culture goes. When when uh, the Puritans came and, and settled and, uh, and the early uh, settlers on the, on the East Coast, they brought their Protestant Reformation roots with them, their Calvinism. And that really was the belief that... Um, we're all sinners, except, but, but God will select some of us to go into heaven. And so the only way to know if you were one of the chosen ones uh, before death was to compare yourself to other people. If the guy next to you was doing really good, then you better be better than that so that maybe you had a chance to get into heaven. We associated all these rules and dogma with certain ways that, um, you know, of living. And when we finally realized that we have all that we need, there's nothing special we have to do to be spiritual people or to be worthy of love or to be our best selves, we just have to reconnect with all that we are. I think, um, I think it, it's, 
freeing, and it goes to our belief system, because when you're going through this process and you're looking at the things that maybe aren't as you want them to be in your life, don't judge them. Get curious about them. What beliefs are, have you established there that are keeping you from the business success you want or from the, the love relationship that you want or the health that you want? Because usually we have this foundation of unconscious beliefs, and usually when things aren't working, it's because we've adopted one that is no longer helpful for us. We've tried to measure up instead of picking the, the, the belief system that is supportive of us. When we go back and look at those things, we see that we ultimately connect that energy and make these choices in our life to go where we want to go and make a difference on the planet. Most definitely. In our quest to be the best, we dye our hair, cream the wrinkles, cover the blemishes, fix the nose, and become masters at avoiding accountability. It's become easy to blame our mothers, partners, therapists, McDonald's, and the media for our troubles instead of admitting our mistakes. Here's the shocker. We are fat because we ate the hamburgers, not because somebody cooked them for us. We don't admit it, though. We don't want to fess up to our own flaws and showcase our imperfections because we believe that, too, to be wrong and to be weak. This is a narrow and limiting way to live. To constantly push for perfection is to strive for the illusion. Polly Campbell in her book gives you an in-the-moment practice where you can work with this. You take five minutes a day wherever you are and you think about all the mistakes and imperfections that have actually yielded a happy or fortuitous result. You smile. And then you say out loud, I will live this life just how it is. I will love it and have fun with it and learn from it. I am authentic. And I can use all of this stuff, the messiness and the confusion and ugliness and dizziness and pain and joy and peace and beauty and humor and uncertainty to grow and live my best life. I will use all that I am, the greatness and the imperfections, to step into my full potential, to live my purpose, to contribute to others, to be the difference in the world. Who I am is enough. This was all from Imperfect Spirituality, Extraordinary Enlightenment for Ordinary People by Polly Campbell. You can connect with her at imperfectspirituality.com, and you can find out about some events that are coming up. She will be in Hillsboro, Oregon, June 29th, and also uh, part of the Writing on, Writing on the Inner Life in San Francisco on June the 9th. Again, that's imperfectspirituality.com. We'll be right back with Polly Campbell. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset. 
Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back. My guest today is Polly Campbell, author of Imperfect Spirituality, Extraordinary Enlightenment for Ordinary People. And before we get back to this wonderful book, I just want to mention that there are a lot of things going on that I want you to know about. I have also released a book entitled Conversations with the Universe, and you can find out more about that at conversationswiththeuniverse.com. It's getting some incredible reviews, and particularly I want you to enjoy the free support tools that readers are to use as they go along with the book. There are some videos, some meditations, some different pieces. So once you get your book, register at the conversationswiththeuniverse.com website and get those free support tools for yourself. In addition, I am taking another group to Machu Picchu in 2014. The 2013 group filled up, and I had so many people wanting to go that I have booked July 2014 for another excursion. So you can go to the website simmering-sane.com and find out more about that along with your free subscriptions to 1111 Magazine and access to all of the amazing archives on 1111 Talk Radio. Again, my guest is Polly Campbell and her book is Imperfect Spirituality. It's extraordinary enlightenment for ordinary people. Polly shows you how to integrate everyday moments with traditional spiritual techniques to increase your personal growth and well-being. This book offers practical tips, and there's lots of examples that are really going to help you to amp up that optimism, let go of your worry, and embrace your authentic self. So definitely connect with her at imperfectspirituality.com. So, Polly, we're talking about perfectionism and moving into a place where we're fine with our imperfection. And I know what a lot of people are struggling with right now, and and yet being kind of pulled in that direction is to have the courage to stand in their truth, because we really are here to allow ourselves to experience, as you said, and to expand and really be everything that we can be if we allow that. But what does it take to really have the courage to stand in that truth? What does it take for you to have the courage to write this book or, or take any steps that you have taken since writing this book? That's a great question, and I think when we talk about that word courage, um, we think, oh, I can't do that. I'm not crazy. I I don't run into burning buildings. You know, I'm not the hero. And that's not at all the kind of courage I'm talking about, although the the scientists now know and the psychologists now know that we all have some innate courage. Um, So it's how we define that word for ourselves. If you... uh, Call the doctor because you discover a lump and you call the doctor for a checkup. That takes courage. If you decide to have children, that takes courage. If you enter into a relationship after having been hurt before, 
that takes courage. So I think, first of all, we need to stop and look at who we are. We are all of this. We are already courageous. And then know that we can create more by how we choose to expand into our life and create in our life. And then it's really a matter of looking at what is. Without the judgment, without the storyline we talked about, seeing the circumstances before you. And deciding how that's working. So perhaps you recognize that every night you come home from work, you're depressed, you lay on the couch, and you have two or three drinks. And maybe that recognition, um, maybe you find courage to look at what that habit is about, and maybe you decide it's no longer a healthy habit for you and you, and you want to stop drinking. That takes courage to confront the truth of your life. But it also is liberating. It also creates movement. So the kind of courage I'm talking about is psychological courage, our ability to see what is before us, to accept what is, look at it without judgment, and then pick inspired action. Take inspired action that is going to lead us into our best selves. And, uh, you know, maybe that, that courage is that you need to get out of the marriage. Maybe that courage leads you to a place where you get counseling for the marriage. Whatever it is, there are no wrong answers, but it is the quality that you need to actually take the inspired action to move you next into your next place. And um, when people hear this, they say, oh, yeah, but it, it, it's so, I can't just leave or I can't just do that. I can't write the book. I've never written a book before. I, I'm not qualified to apply for the promotion. Sit back and look at who you are. Go back in your life. We have all had courageous moves and actions before. Look at the times you did things that you were afraid of, and that will give you a boost of courage you need to make the next move. And every time you act on that in little ways, like I said, you know, I, I, I had melanoma. Every time I call to set up my, my checkup, it takes a little courage. I feel afraid, and I make that appointment anyhow, and I check my, my skin anyhow, no matter what I might find. Every time you do that, you strengthen that, and pretty soon there's no stopping you. You know, like we talked about before, these are the things that we are built with. These are the divine energies and, and, and the physical energies that we come wired with. So I'm just asking you to tap into who you are already. And if you're sitting there feeling stuck, feeling unhappy, Find the courage to look at those belief systems and the steps you need to make and take one baby step, and you will find the courage to take the next one. You know, I think that we, as a society, we, we find something that we want to tap into, and we kind of go crazy with it. We, we become junkies, and I think that self-help is no different. I think that uh, sometimes, you know, different industries over time, not meaning to, can create, and even this one, self-help junkies. And what that has allowed to happen in many cases for individuals is they look back continually at how they were wounded, mm-hmm. how they were broken, how they were uh, misused, all those things. But if instead they would look back and celebrate the moments of courage, instead, that's a whole different perspective on life that you have to be able to create something new. And I don't know that people get taught to look back and celebrate the courageous moments, small and large. And so I think that's a really powerful point that you bring up in in this book. Thank you. I totally agree with you. You know, we're already doing this stuff. And and often in in these appearances I've been making with the book and when I talk about these things, people are like, oh, I love this book. You know, this really changed things for me. Or now I see things a different way. And it's not the book. This is you. 
this is the energy that you have, and maybe the book has helped you look at things in a different way, or, or it's gotten you excited again about who you are. But when you can do this, when you can go back and look at your successes and feel good and motivated and look at your failures and feel good and motivated because from the failures you have created another life experience, you, you can create anything. And, and it's really about, in, in, for me, it's really about becoming a creator rather than a complainer because the bad stuff is going to happen and it's going to be difficult and it's going to be challenging and we're going to be angry sometimes and uncomfortable sometimes and then we can keep going with that and learn from that and find the gifts in that and move into our passion and our purpose or you can sit and complain about it. You're going to have the negative experience or the difficult things to deal with. If you sit and complain about it, you get to stay in that place. If you create from that, you get to transcend it and transform it into something that not only will change your life, but it will change the lives of the rest of us. Because when you feel better, you do better. And, and that's what I need people to do, you know. I want to feel that global momentum. When we're all on purpose and in passion, I, I think it makes a huge difference for the neighborhoods and the schools and the communities and the families. And I think that is the way to find peace on the planet and, and find joy in this world. Well, I, I very much align with that philosophy in regard to courage. To me, um, creativity is, is what we are. And, and, and when we allow that courage or that courageous step to be a step into creativity where we allow the experience of ourselves in that creative action and that creative expansion, we are going to overcome anything that's in our life. I, I remember years ago when I was talking to an intuitive, she said one statement that has stayed with me for my entire life, and that was that depression is a cry for creativity. And mm. so many people suffer from depression, and it is allowing that creativity to be that superpower, and that's that's one of the sections in your book is mm-hmm. is really having creativity as that superpower and unleashing that from within, because we are each going to be our own superhero in our own life before we can be that in anyone else's. Absolutely, and I think creativity is also the play, you know. When we can abandon these rules that there's a right way to make something or things have to look pretty or sound great or feel good all the time, when we are free to mess up and mess around and see what comes. You know, when I, when I write this book, you don't get it right the first page. Sometimes you don't even get it the way you want it the 20th page. It doesn't mean those things are good or bad. It just means it wasn't where I wanted it yet. When you can be bold enough and vulnerable enough to say, hey, I'm going to start out this way and see where it leads me, then you're free to create. And the courage then follows you so that you create not just artwork or a book or a song, but you create a family and you create fun and joy and, and you create compassion in your community. You know, we are creative people. It's, it's just like courage. It's a piece of who we are. It's measurable. And when we allow ourselves to do that, no matter what risk for imperfection this is, when we can embrace that imperfection as part of the process, that's when we really start to move toward our divine source and that source energy that is, is fun and expansive and in alignment with our true nature. It just feels good in your body when you're there. 
Polly Campbell lists out the stages of creativity, and she lets you know that for her, sometimes those stages really seem clear or definable. Sometimes the stages to her look like the messy stage, followed by the <laughs> I've got nothing but sheer panic stage, which often leads to the begging the universe to give me something, anything stage, soon to be relieved by the bingo aha moment, which is usually replaced immediately by the how the heck am I going to do that phase. Well, when you're immersed in the so-called act of creating, it lays out just like this, she says. Preparation. Something triggers an idea. You're looking for a solution or a problem, or you're tired of the routine and need a change. So your imagination takes off, fantasizing about how things could be done differently. And then there's incubation. This is where the ideas, seemingly unrelated and impractical, start buzzing in your unconscious while you're chopping carrots or going for a walk or sleeping. Then there's illumination, where all of a sudden they gel together. Bingo! You've got it. Now you know what you need to do, and you know how you need to do it. This moment, you might feel complete relief. Finally, there's elaboration and development. And so you get to do the work. You get to write the book. You get to solve the problems, develop the plan, express the big idea. Insight moves into action, which creates something that can then be shared with others. And these are the stages of creativity that are laid out in imperfect spirituality, extraordinary enlightenment for ordinary people. Polly Campbell can be reached at imperfectspirituality.com. Definitely find out more about her going there and find out about some of the events she has coming up. June 9th in San Francisco and June 29th in Hillsborough, Oregon. We'll be right back with Polly Campbell. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. 
Welcome back. Having an exciting conversation with Polly Campbell today about imperfect spirituality, the type of spirituality that all of us can do, that any of us can do, that those of us that don't want to necessarily follow the dogmatic ways or have forgotten our practice can reclaim a way of spirituality. Before we get back to speaking with Polly, I do want to let you know that the Rebel Road is coming to a city near you. Last October, I was inspired with the idea of going into comedy, songwriting, and yes, believe it or not, creating a one-woman show, things I've never done before. So we're embarking exactly on what Polly Campbell was talking Mm. about in her book. As I leap into this Rebel Road tour, I was guided to take the show on the road, get in an RV, and visit 66 cities across North America. And in doing that, I'm going to share story, comedy, and song, inspire you, and also introduce you to many amazing people across this country that are stepping into their dreams. This is about sharing, connecting, and creating a massive community of individuals inspired to live their life as inspiration. So definitely check out therebelroad.com and find the city near you that you can come and see the show and tell all your friends about it. I can't wait to give you a big hug and a big dose of inspiration. So let's get back to Polly Campbell and talk about how we dive into something and we practice the faith of even believing we can do it and build the optimism that we can do it, especially when we're going into things that we aren't even sure are possible. Yeah, isn't that the trick? I mean, all of a sudden, here you are creating, and and you're inspired, and you're moving forward, and you don't know what to do next, you know? (laughs) And that's when the fear comes in, and that's when you tap into your courage again, and maybe you laugh a little bit, and and you play a little bit. And, you know, optimism is essential. Now the bigwigs tell us that it's in line with, you know, stopping smoking and, and getting exercise for living a healthy life. It's that integral to who we are as people. But the the key to optimism is not this Pollyannish approach to, oh, every, I'm just going to sit here and everything's going to be fine while the house is burning down around you. It's recognizing that part of our experience involves challenge. And it's not being afraid of those challenges, but recognizing that they're going to come into our life. And when they do, you have the awareness to say, oh, huh, okay, I may need to adapt my goal. I may need to learn something new, change the way I think of it, but I can handle this. I will learn from this, and I can handle this. And so that kind of optimism that is often called like grounded optimism or real, realist optimism really gets us moving because it, we're not thrown then when the, when the difficulties show up. We embrace them, and it's an opportunity to say, okay, here we go. I'm not sure how to handle this, but I know I can figure it out. And sometimes figuring it out is bringing people into your life or connecting with a girlfriend who says, yeah, that was a setback, but you can handle it. Somebody to remind us who we are. Sometimes it's learning something new or going back to school or trying again. You know, however that experience shows up for you is just fine. Again, there are no rules around this, but... Grounded optimism is a thing that keeps going despite the obstacles that come your way. And it really is an active display of faith. You know, faith, faith is the, the knowledge, the deep knowing that uh, the sun is going to come up every day or that you, you have love to give or whatever faith. It can be a faith in God. It can be a faith in yourself. I, I have one uh, reverend even say it could be a faith that the bus is going to show up on time for you. Whatever your faith is, it's the deep knowing that life is going to show up, and then it's going to show up again, and then it's going to show up again. And optimism takes that faith and it puts action to it and gets you moving on in route to your goal or your creations or the next thing you want to do. 
Well, I love I love that you say in the book that uh, optimism is really not about building positive thought, but it's more about knowing what we think because it, it is that belief and unconscious belief that is really our place, our filter for making every choice and every action. And sometimes when we discover what we think, we want to berate ourselves or come down on ourselves because we realize we're not that positive person that we thought we were. We didn't create exactly what we wanted in life. And that's where self-compassion comes in. And, and I think that that's truly a, an important, important piece, especially to have greater and greater outcome in the future. Will you talk a little bit about self-compassion? Absolutely, and that's something I've really um, learned myself, and I'm really practicing a lot myself because uh, I, I'm a, a you know energetic, intense, uh, type A kind of personality that really believed that um, I needed to work harder if if I made a mistake. I needed to figure it out. I needed to beat myself up to motivate myself, and I don't think that anymore. You know. You, you drew the connection between optimism and self-compassion. And optimism, another aspect that I really like about this is one way, the most important way, they say, uh, to become more optimistic is to act less pessimistically. So this is a behavior. You know, this is a behavior. And self-compassion is also a behavior. So when you're feeling, you can have negative thoughts and act optimistically. You can have the thought that I'm not sure I can write this book, and then you can sit down and write a page anyhow. So when you act a little less pessimistically, you are creating optimistic behavior. You are creating a, a habit of optimism. You don't have to wake up one morning and be the optimist and have your life change overnight. It doesn't have to be that way. These are steps, you know, and, and there are no right or wrong ways. And the same with self-compassion. So self-compassion is kindness. It's treating yourself with respect and with understanding. It's being gentle, and it's recognizing that because you are having this human experience, you're going to make some big-time mistakes. You may hurt people inadvertently. You may hurt yourself. You might, you know, miss, miss uh, balance a checkbook or have an argument with someone you love or whatever it is. You're going to blow it big time. And self-compassion is the act of coming into that moment and saying, wow, I need to be accountable for this. This really bothers me, how I handled this really, and I feel really bad about this. But you know what? I'm part of the human race. I'm having this experience. This is one thing that connects us all, this imperfection. And so I'm going to be kind and support myself through this kind of discomfort. And what I grew up believing was that this is for sissies, right? This, this did nothing but let us off the hook. And what I've come to know in my research is it's just the opposite. People who act with greater self-compassion tend to be the people who achieve their goals more often. They are more productive. They create more. They're more creative. And, and the scientists now think it's because they're not so afraid of making a mistake because every time they make a mistake, they don't beat themselves up. Instead, they say, wow, I feel uncomfortable. I need to make this right. I need to learn from this. But then I'm going to move on. Instead of getting stuck in the error and the drama and the discomfort, they learn from it and move beyond it to create the next thing. And, and that's what self-compassion is. It's the ability to stand in that uncomfortable moment and say, wow, I blew it, but I'm still a worthy person, and I can learn from this, and I can make this better, and I'm going to support myself and do that. That's fantastic. I love how you have different practices, very simple, very practical uh, practices that individuals can access through the book and just start to implement in their lives. And they're not in a way that's dogmatic, but in a way that is really 
just more kindness and love and, and self-compassion. And in that section, you have an in-the-moment practice entitled Give Yourself a Hug. Will you go through that and talk no. about what that's doing for us when we do that? I absolutely was not going to put this one in the book because I thought it was hokey, I mean, to be honest, you know. Give yourself a hug. How powerful can that be? And so, but I had interviewed Kristen Neff and some other people who really looked at this stuff and, and, and practice and research this stuff. And, and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do this for a week in my life. And if I find anything interesting about it at all, then, then I'll be open to putting it in the book. Give yourself a hug is when in that moment of discomfort, whether it's a big deal or a little deal, it, you don't have to judge the experience, but when you're feeling bad about an outcome that, that was created or that maybe you don't feel like you did your best or you made a mistake, you pause and you wrap your arms around yourself. You wrap your arms around your shoulders or your biceps and you just nurture yourself. This had a profound and has a profound impact in my life, and I think for a few reasons. One is it, it helps you to pause in the moment and reach acceptance, and it reminds you who you are, this living, breathing, amazing creature that deserves to be loved and respected and cherished, and you can do that for yourself. Another thing a hug does is it changes our biochemistry. So in a real physical way, it changes those stress hormones that are racing through our body in the moment of upset. And it replaces or suppresses them and, and fills us up with oxytocin, which is one of the chemicals that makes us want to nurture people and mother people and care for people. So imagine that. You're in this place of upset. You're not only taking time to pause and take a deep breath and cherish yourself, but then your body chemistry is changing to support you. And it's it's easing that fight-or-flight situation that we feel when fear comes on or when we're denying or blaming or resisting, and it's replacing it with the chemical that makes us want to love people. It's a profound thing that you can do. And I just did it the other day. I was getting into the car to take my daughter to school, and it had just been a day, and I was freaking out. And I'm like, I need to, I'm feeling upset. I, I forgot this appointment, and, and now I'm behind. I need to reground myself in myself. And I sat in the car before I started the car, and I gave myself a hug. And it, it had a profound impact on my experience. It reminds me who I am, that I am this amazing a gift and person who's going to make mistakes like the rest of the planet. And it connected me to all. So we are no longer isolated. We are connected to everyone in, in that error, in that imperfection. And that it allows you to go forward to feel better, not only in your body, but to connect to the higher energies that you also bring. I think self-compassion is a huge game changer for me. It really transformed my experience in, in those difficult moments. You know, I, I had to pull out that practice about give yourself a hug because when I was growing up, I come from a family where love and affection are not displayed, and I, as a child, would actually go up to my parents and ask for the hug because it was mm. not something that was done. And so as I grew up and I, you know, hit my own challenges in life, I began hugging myself. and. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, it let me have witness to myself. It let me be present to myself. It let me receive the love that I wasn't getting from other people. And it's just such a powerful practice. I can't say enough, you know, how in, in any moment that you feel isolated or alone, if you just wrap your arms around yourself, 
You know that there's something else, someone else there, and that is so, so huge. I'm with Polly Campbell today, and she is the author of Imperfect Spirituality, Extraordinary Enlightenment for Ordinary People. And she says when you act less pessimistic, you will actually engage more optimism, and I think that is so powerful. Polly Campbell is a writer and speaker who specializes in personal development and spiritual topics, a blogger at imperfectspirituality.com and psychologytoday.com. She teaches on the daily OM as well. For more than two decades, Polly has studied and applied the techniques she writes and speaks about in her own life. She lives with her family in Beaverton, Oregon, and we will be right back with Polly Campbell. Connect with her at imperfectspirituality.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. My guest today is Polly Campbell. We've had the most beautiful discussion. It's been both practical and enlightening, and that is a conversation that can be had with the most spiritual of folks to the most ordinary of folks, the most enlightened to the one who thinks that they haven't even got a clue. Um, This is a perfect book for you because it really does give you some very practical spirituality, some really easy techniques to to step into things and to also just let you understand how to take everyday life and allow that to be spiritual. It is, in fact, just that. The book is entitled Imperfect Spirituality, Extraordinary Enlightenment for Ordinary People, and Polly will be in San Francisco on June 9th 
and she is conducting a workshop called Writing on Your Inner Life. She will also be in Hillsboro, Oregon on June 29th, and you can find out all of that information on her website, imperfectspirituality.com. You may want to also tap into her blog and um, receive more of her writing and what she thinks about things, and also psychologytoday.com. She writes for them as well as teaches classes on Daily Own. So she's got a lot going on, a lot that you can tap into. Um, Polly, welcome back. There's there's a chapter in here where you talk about um, the beginning and the end, and I remember years ago a teacher said to me, uh, if you want to know the end of something, just look at the beginning. And I have always seen that that is actually the case. However something begins, whether it is relationship or business or uh, an idea, that is typically how the ending will also look. Tell me what you talk about when you say, in the end, beginning again. You know, that chapter really came out of a a pivotal moment in my own life. I had been, uh, you know, practicing these things and studying these things and writing the book, and I was feeling really connected um, to the people and and things in my life, and and, um, including my husband. And I was writing the chapter that night about our relationships and how to appreciate the imperfections in a relationship. And I was feeling very connected to him and very in love with him, and I walked out of my office, and our daughter, who was about two at the time, had just about everything in the house in the middle of the living room floor, and all the lights were off in the house, and the laundry was sitting on the chair, and my husband was stretched out on the couch and watching TV, and it was dinner time, but no dinner was being cooked. And I went straight from this feeling of love to freak out. <laughs> I was angry. I was triggered. I was blaming. And after that moment, after I went back and cleaned up my bad behavior, I felt profoundly disappointed in myself. And I realized that 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 is also part of this experience. You know, we begin on on spiritual practice, and and we we get excited and inspired to to reconnect to ourselves and and to live, to engage in this life in in a different way. And then we're triggered to anger by somebody who cuts us off on the freeway. Or we're triggered to stress when we see we don't have quite the money we want in our bank account or paying the bills. And we're triggered back into a very human emotional reaction. And then we begin again. You know, all is not lost. This is the practice of imperfection. There's nothing to get right. Life isn't black and white, right or wrong, fat or thin. It's not that. It is all of that. Even in the moments of joy, you can have tremendous grief. And, you know, anger can often motivate us into inspired action. And and peace can come out of violent moments because they illuminate the direction that we truly want to go. So in that moment when I was triggered to anger with my husband, I also was reminded about who I am, and I'm peaceful, and I'm loving, and that's who I want to be and behave from more often than not, because that's more in alignment with my true nature and my whole self. And so, for me, begin again, you know, this isn't about giving up. It's not about getting it right. It's about recognizing you will have all of this, and then you practice again. And pretty soon, the practices in your life become you know, established habits that show up for you when you need them most without even your thought. It's, it's like anything else we do. They, they, are, they present themselves when you need them. You can draw from them at any time, and you can always begin again. So as an individual is practicing imperfect spirituality and they're finding their way to weave in and out of those moments where 
they lose themselves in the moments that they find themselves. Talk about how you have seen that impact your family, your husband, your child. How does that ripple out in your world? Well, certainly we know that we um, spread spread emotions. You know, the, the scientists will call it emotional contagion. Here's how it shows up for you. You're in a great mood and your partner walks in after a bad day at work and is grouchy. And, and you feel the energy in the household change. Just as when your child is in great joy or excitement or pride, you feel uplifted by that as well. And we can do that for each other. So when... You know, all this comes from an awareness, an understanding that you're going to have some very human, uncomfortable moments, but within those moments, you can find the gift and you can find the meaning. And how you handle the emotions and experience that in the moment will determine also what the people around you experience and how they grow and expand and learn in their best lives. So one thing I have really learned and practiced in my own life um, is to sit with those emotions, you know, that night that I was triggered and the other times that I'm triggered since, you know. It's not, it's not a, a, a narrow experience, but you sit with that emotion. You don't have to behave badly from those emotions. You can get curious and use them as cues into yourself. What are they there to teach you? What do they offer? Why are you so triggered? You know, why was I so angry that night? What is it about me that I needed? How did I need to feel more secure? What did I need to create for me? They bring messages to us. And and what I really practice and what I I encourage people to do now is sit with that a minute before you react. Take a time out like you would give your kids. Take a couple of minutes and say, huh, this is interesting that I'm feeling so exposed here. What is that? And then you'll get a clear insight of, of what action you need to take. But be conscious of the energy you're bringing because... You know, it's okay to experience any emotion. They're there to serve you. But but be, be aware, too, that you are infecting people. So when you bring that buoyant emotion of optimism or um, faith or joy, you also very literally can change the dynamic in your household and in your family. And then those people go out in the world, and, and they're kinder, the kids at school or the people they work with. And those people go out in the world. And, and, you know, people ask all the time, how can you talk about these things when there's so much violence in the world and so much pain? This is the peace, right? When you create peace in your household, you are going a long ways to creating peace in the world because that's how it starts. It spreads. And so it, as you're going to have triggers to negative, negative emotions or difficult things or anger, but you can also be the trigger to joy and health and happiness and compassion. And so when I'm triggered to uh, something that doesn't feel as good to me, I, I try to get to a place where I can be the trigger for the goodness that can come as well. Mm, and that's a powerful thing. That's a powerful thing to understand that sometimes the trigger is what creates the healing that's necessary. Mm. In reading your book, what do you feel like you gained through the experience of, of writing it, and what do you desire for people to most take away from it? You know, I want people to feel good, and I want them to know that they are perfect just how they are. They have it all within, and if they can find that place within themselves to tap into their wholeness and their authenticity, then they're going to have all that they need to expand into their next uh, place in life or the next thing they want to create. Um, and, and it's personal growth. You know, we talked about this self-help movement and all that. I, obviously, I'm an advocate of that kind of stuff. 
as long as you know your motivation, if you feel like you need to make changes because you need to do something to be more lovable or your mom says she wants you to lose the weight or your boss says you have to question that. But if you are motivated to expand and create a life experience, that's going to be a more sustainable, interesting experience for you. And, you know, from writing this book, I really, uh, I do the things I write about. I practice, I put a lot of myself in the book because I want it to be authentic with people. I don't have it all figured out. I screw up all the time, but I think I live life boldly. I think I'm more honest. I think I, I have, I am true to the concept of embracing imperfection. I'm not so easily thrown by things as I used to be. I'm not so easily triggered because I am aware that those things are going to come into my life, but the practices I do and, and the choices I make help me to connect with that part where I do believe I'm good enough and, and that there will be pain, but pain can have the gift and there will be challenge, but that provides for my growth. And so everything is here to serve me. And that feels very, uh, creative, and that feels very bold, and that feels very freeing. And um, and because I'm there with myself right now, uh, and life is fluid, my experience changes, and I have new things I need to practice or would like to learn, but because I'm there with my experience right now, I have found that I'm able to give the people in my life more freedom, too. I'm less attached to outcomes. I'm less attached to expectations, and I'm allowing them to expand in their messy, imperfect ways as well without the judgment and, and without the criticism that perhaps I had before. That's a great and that's really And that's really honoring the other soul's journey while you're honoring your own. Right. Right. And I, I don't think I did that as well as, as I'm learning now because uh, I really saw things in a greater source of separate, a greater sense of separation perhaps. And um, I'll tell you what, I've been all over the country talking about these things, and I, I write, you know, hundreds of articles for all sorts of publications, and the people I interview have these stories, too, and this hits people, and it resonates, because it is our experience. You are not alone in this, and um, and I think that's also an exciting place to be, because we are in part of the shift where, where together we, we are having a profound lifetime experience, you know. I think that's a really neat place to be together. Polly Campbell in her book, Imperfect Spirituality, Extraordinary Enlightenment for Ordinary People, challenges you to change your question from finding the meaning of life to finding the meaning in life. You can find a lot of wonderful, very quick, simple practices, in-the-moment practices that will help get you on track, especially if you're a really busy person and you're not finding the time to really work in what you think your spirituality is. I had a teacher that once said, you don't work your spirituality into your life. You work your life into your spirituality because it is all spiritual. So my guest today has been Polly Campbell, and I urge you to pick up her book, Imperfect Spirituality, Extraordinary for Enlightenment, Extraordinary Enlightenment for Ordinary People. You can connect with her and some of the things that she has coming up along with her blog and uh, other writings and teachings at imperfectspirituality.com. That's imperfectspirituality.com. Definitely, if you are not a subscriber to 1111 Magazine, go to my website. Feel free to uh, get a free lifetime subscription to 1111 Magazine. You can go into the archives, and actually there's an article on Polly Campbell that she had uh, in the magazine, which you might enjoy as well. So definitely participate in that. Check out therebelroad.com and see me on the road, and check out conversationswiththeuniverse.com and take a look at my new book at the same time you're ordering Polly's. 
Until next time, I'm Simran Singh. Thank you, Polly Campbell, and I wish you all well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. We'll be right back.